Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L.O.B. He wants to get in the fight, you can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. Yeah, welcome along to the Off The Ball NFL podcast. Uh, with us today as ever, Sam Monson at PFF underscore Sam. Kian Fahey at Kian AF on uh, Twitter and also uh, Donny Mahoney at uh, Donny Mahoney on Twitter. Uh, busy, busy weekend, last weekend. Lots of good stuff to look forward to this weekend. Um, I want to start by talking about uh, Rob Gronkowski's arm, his left arm, which I thought at the start of the season with that massive bandage on it was going to be it's a real point of weakness. It's like um, in... Classic old GA matches in the 1980s. They'd put the the bandage on the wrong knee so that you wouldn't get taken out in the first tackle. It's like everybody's going to attack him. Now it looks like it's one of those kind of superhero bionic arms. That he's swatting entire teams <laughs> and breathing down buildings with. Uh, Ronkowski's recovery is one of the most beautiful things in sport. Yeah, uh, it, the NFL has these supports and braces that seem to be like structurally ridiculous. You know, Kevlar, monstrous yeah. sc- scaffolding things holding limbs together. These giant kind of solid steel tubular things. J.J. Watts had one. They A lot of teams have all of their linemen. They kind of, as a matter of course, they have these on both knees because they they literally won't bend past a certain point. So okay. it's, it's in theory supposed to protect your limbs. But So I think that the difference is that it, it really isn't the point of weakness. You try and attack that, it's going to do you more damage than it is him. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, the side of Gronkowski, I, I saw the NFL game day and he comes off and he goes, oh, I told one of the guys that I was going to do something that I didn't even know what I was going to do, something special. I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I did that. He is, do you ever see that? There's like a movie from the 80s where these pickup, like these uh, these freight trucks, they get possessed by some dark spirit. Oh, yeah. And it's like. Maximum the, overdrive. Maximum overdrive. It's men against <laughs> trucks. And the trucks, I, like, they're very frightening. He he is, is, someone I could have been. Yeah. He is. The truck. <laughs> Those other, the Colts, they are these measly humans who have no response to this 48-wheel, like, 1,000-horsepower machine just barreling through. It is it is an amazing thing to witness. Key, and the one problem with this is that um, when you see your six foot seven truck with 1,000 horsepowers hurdling over people into the end zone, you think, this guy doesn't have enough regard for his body, and that's what makes him great, but it is also the thing that's going to mean that there's going to be a helmet to that surgically reconstructed knee sooner rather than later. Can it last? Can he continue to do this and stay healthy enough to go all the way to the Super Bowl? Well, it's very, it's impossible to know, really. He is a kind of, he is a player who will play with reckless abandon like RG3, but he's also huge and normally people don't really want to tackle him and don't really want to hit him all that much. We've seen that before with players making what we call business decisions where they will actually just go away from him if he's at full speed to pretend to tackle him. <laughs> I, I think he can last. I, I wouldn't bet on him lasting for five or ten years in the league, but I'd bet on him lasting for for a season at least, yeah. that feels At the moment, it feels like that's exactly all they need. If they get the season out of him, then they can... Next season's a whole different thing. Um, but they're such a different outfit with him. The self-confidence that the whole organisation seems to have, Sam, 
like is it too much are we investing too much is it that just too much hype about one player even though he is playing this high level no I think it's pretty much impossible to overstate how important he is and how dominant a player he is to the team um, he's one of those guys that you can't match up with there's nobody you have on defense that matches him and can deal with containing him so by definition, him being out there is changing what the defense wants to do because they have to, at the very minimum, allocate more than one guy to try and shut him down, which should be you know, opening things up for other people. Yeah. And even if he's not capable of kind of doing that much on his own, even if he personally doesn't take over the game, just him being out there is, is helping the Patriots. Keen, 199 yards for Jonas Gray um, on, uh, on the ground, four touchdowns. Is this a function of an improved run game from the Pats or is that again a significant comment about where the Colts really are at this point of the season well the Colts suffered the same fate last year when the Patriots had Legarrette Blunt and they just ran right through them and ran right over them and whether it's a talent thing with the Colts which it very much could be because they're a poor roster on the whole in my opinion at least uh, or it's just a scheme thing where they can't figure out what the Patriots are doing they seem to just have have no way of stopping the Patriots on rushing attack and uh, that's not happening to them every week, so it must be something that Belichick is doing. Uh, I, I, Jonas Gray, I think, is he's an okay player. He showed decent uh, ability last week, but it, for me, it was more about the offensive line, and their whole season has been more about their offensive line because that turnaround is incredible. They they looked like they were going to be one of the worst in the league to start the season, and then after the Chiefs game, everything's just become... Everything it's it's been for the last five or six years where you expect them to be brilliant all the time. All right, so the Pats are eight and two, and obviously uh, bestriding the AFC East like a colossus. The Colts are six and four, with the Texans coming up behind them. We might talk about the Texans in a moment in the AFC South. Definitely got to talk about the um, the Packers and the Eagles. Two weeks in a row, the Packers have put up fifty points at home. They're pretty good at the uh, old football. They're really good at this one play where Aaron Rodgers drops back, and Jordan Nelson just runs straight and fast. And then Aaron Rodgers just throws it up in the air, maybe 40 or 50 yards, and then it just lands in Jordy Nelson's hands, and then he runs into the end zone. They do that quite a bit. It seems to happen all the time. Um, now they're amazing. It, you, they, especially something when it gets cold and you get the sort of the kind of winteriness around Lambeau, um, and you kind of realize the teams like the Eagles are, so, you know, Okay, maybe they can beat up some some of the lesser lights of the league, but they're they're out of their depth when in that environment when Mark Sanchez is their quarterback. Sam, there's a point in in every season which is the America's game point where the narrative you look back and you go, oh, that's the so. Um, is it the point where we all go, oh, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback uh, in the league at the moment, and of course he's going to win a second Super Bowl ring. It would be stupid for us not. To, Why didn't we see that Aaron Rodgers was going to win it? He's fit. He's got enough receivers. Yeah. I, Aaron Rodgers at his best is is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's the most talented in that guys like Brady and Manning can still play as, you know, as good as more or less anybody, but they no longer have the physical tools that Rodgers has. You know, they don't have the arm anymore. They don't have the the ability to flick these ridiculous like 30-yard passes not with their feet set on the move, which only Rodgers seems to be able to do at the moment. Um and when he's on song, he alone is enough to make the Packers contenders against anybody and if they can just get quality play or passable play out of a couple of other components on the team if the running game clicks if the offensive line holds up if the defense gets a couple of turnovers yeah that's them in you know firmly in contention and there's nobody at the moment standing up to say 
you're not the best team in the NFC. We're, you know, we're, we're capable of matching you on our day. The Cardinals, you know, have them beaten by record, but without a, you know, with Drew Stanton at quarterback, I don't think anybody realistically expects them to be a better side. No, and, and you you definitely would be happy enough with the Packers at some point to end up in Arizona. I mean, obviously, they ultimately won't end up there at the end of the season with the Super Bowl, but um, they wouldn't fear a trip to there. And the way they're playing at the moment, you wouldn't back against them getting home advantage for the entire series. No, I, I think right now the two quality teams in the NFL are the Patriots and the Packers, and that's that's everybody's kind of pick for the Super Bowl at the moment. But it's tough to it's tough to look too far beyond that. Kian, um, there's a couple of points raised there by Sam. If the if the run game is good and if the defense can get some turnovers, the, the one thing that when you have someone like Rogers playing as well as he is. It, I suspect that it has a, a galvanizing impact on everybody who's in the organization because they all realize that they have a huge chance of winning a Super Bowl. So I wonder, does that confidence flow into the defense and allow them to improve as individuals and improve as a group? I, I, I don't know if, if that's a, a, a measurable or a, a tangible thing in any way, but um, I certainly get that impression over the last couple of weeks that they've all started to have this this strut and this self-confidence. It's not measurable in a sense that we can put it down in a number, but I do agree with you. And I, I would take it one step further. I think teams that go to play the Packers, their offenses are going to feel like they have to score touchdowns, like they have to make big plays, that they can't waste any drives because he's he's at that uh, at the point where that he was a few years ago when they won their Super Bowl, when the Packers roster was depleted by injuries and he just played probably the best quarterbacking I've ever seen since watching it over the last 10 years. And he just dragged that team to a Super Bowl and he just wasn't letting anyone beat them. And he's kind of been doing that now, but he's been doing it for 10 or 11 games instead of three games. And if he continues this for the rest of the year, it's hard to really pick anyone else, even in, in the NFC that we all thought was going to be crowded. Yeah. The um, Cardinals beat the Lions 14-6 last weekend, even with um, Drew Stanton. Uh, does that mean the Lions weren't that good, as their record said? Does this... <laughs> Are we drawing conclusions here? You're drawing the wrong conclusions. Yeah. The right conclusion is that Arizona is clearly the best team in the NFC. <laughs> and they are... That the road to Glendale obviously runs, runs through. through them. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. And it metaphorically, literally and metaphorically, Detroit, one of the best defenses in the league. Okay, Matt Stafford, ooh, something with that offense with all of their weapons, they don't really click for whatever reason. But, like, Stanton throws two touchdowns to start the game, and Detroit could not build on that. They could not get anything on them. And I just wonder if that game, this game that we talk about, Arizona versus Green Bay, if that happens in Arizona with the noise there, I, I just I think people... And the heat. And the heat, yeah, the heat of the desert. I, I think because you people are, you, you know... Uh, Rogers is this massive presence. Drew Stanton, he's the guy on the bus that you see. You know, he works at insurance sales. Not the most glamorous guy in the world. Yeah. There's guys in the office, kind of boring conversations, but they get stuff done. Their business is successful in its way. I There's something to that. There's something about that, the Cardinals. Like, they're 9-1. And, and they're, you know... Seems like they're. It seems like they're at home every week, but they're win, they're winning games. I I until somebody beats them, especially this week. I I like I, I'm not going to talk them down. I think they're the best. They are away this week at the Seahawks. Yeah. So um, maybe this is a, a way of talking about the Seahawks as well. First off, is is he insane? Is he thinking? You know, the, I mean, surely the Cardinals with all the stuff that's gone on and all the injuries they've had, there's no way they can maintain this, can they? 
I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Drew Stanton at quarterback. I think you can win games, but you can't you can't take it all the way within there. Having said that, I've been expecting the wheels to fall off for a while now, and they haven't. They when just, they were three and we were like, "Oh, is this too for real?" Yeah, they they just keep finding ways to win. I think at the moment their their record is much better than the the kind of sum of their performances. And you know, even when you look at the defense, that's clearly the strength of their team. But there aren't that many players playing really well. A lot of it is scheme, and they're they're kind of orchestrating. You know, they're getting free rushes, and they're they're able to to make plays without anybody really. You know standing out I think at some point that kind of has to catch up with them and they'll run up against a team that is just more talented across the board and at that stage that's when they're gonna they're gonna run into problems and you know in order for them to not win the Super Bowl they just have to run up against one of those teams you know they can still kind of still keep this run going a couple of times even knock over a couple of times but they only have to hit one of those sides they've had an excellent uh, receiver core with whoever has needed to stand up and make plays in the last three four or five weeks being able to do it and that that's kind of something which their opponents this week don't have at the moment yeah I don't I just what's happened to Seattle I mean were we all just blind to this that if you win the Super Bowl obviously you're not going to make the playoffs this is what always what happens here we were, week one, they destroyed Green Bay. The Green Bay team yeah. that we were just talking about is one of the two best teams in the league. Mm. They made them look sorry, a joke. Now, Seattle, I mean, that loss to KC was really predictable. They, Wilson is, like, completely seems just average now. It, well, it was really predictable in, beforehand. And then when you were kind of watching it going, oh, they're going to score here now because they have four downs to score. And uh, they're going to score here because they've got four downs to score. And they don't. They, yeah. they couldn't do it. They couldn't move it at all. Um, they're favored by six and a half points over the nine and one Cardinals. I, I don't know. I like their season is pretty much on the line this week, and I don't. I I have no faith in them that that there that there's anything there. Yeah, the way that um, the NFC West works, I think the Seahawks still have to play the Forty ers twice, and I'm not sure they have to play the Cardinals twice. But they certainly have to play them once. Anyway, um, what do you think, Ian? This weekend, how much of what we saw last week from the Seahawks against the Chiefs is is going to be evident? And if any of it is, have they any chance of winning? I think it will still be evident, but I think the Seahawks will probably do a better job of getting to Stanton and taking advantage of Stanton and shutting down that offense. I'm not the, the the Seahawks have a bunch of problems from injuries to players just not playing as well as they did last year to seemingly some locker room issues. They were the youngest team to win a Super Bowl, and maybe that was kind of a, a getting too far ahead of themselves. Maybe they're taking their work rate and work ethic and culture, or whatever you want to call it, for granted, and they're not as committed as they were before. But I think now we're getting to the point where you either win this week or you're out. And if they don't show up this week, I, 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 can't, I can't imagine them not showing up this week. I think if they do miss the playoffs, they're going to make a fight of it at least and they will actually be pushing to, to week 16 and week 17. If they lose this week, though, you would, like, I, I kind of can't see them making a fight of anything, even against San Francisco, who they clearly despise uh, at any point in the rest of the season. So it does feel like this is a must win for them. Yeah, and the, the problem for the, the problem with their with them for me is offensively the receivers are getting a lot of the blame, and they're saying the receivers aren't good enough. And the receivers aren't great; they're not great. But for me, it's just Wilson. Wilson was great last year. At this point last year, it, we, it was around this time last year that they played the Saints. I think it was on Monday Night Football, and they just Wilson uh, dismantled them. And this year, he's been making throws that just don't make any sense. Throws where he's throwing the ball straight to the defender. Throws where he's overthrowing his receivers by five or ten yards, and you're looking at him going. This isn't the same quarterback as it was last year. Yeah. All right. So that's the uh, Cardinals and Seahawks this weekend. Um, the other big story from last weekend 
the Rams beat the Broncos 22-7, the lowest points total for a Broncos team um, since they had that other famous quarterback who uh, mm-hmm. didn't work out so well for them, Tim Tebow. Uh, a really weird situation that the Broncos find themselves in now with this incredible offense that they were festooned with some of the best talent in the league and suddenly three or four key injuries. CJ Anderson and Juwan Thompson are their running backs um, and they're not really... So Demarius Thomas is going to be fine. Julius Thomas is injured. Um, Emmanuel Sanders took that incredible hit early on. Looks like he's going to miss the game this weekend too. So they're suddenly very threadbare and the confidence seems to drain from them. Yeah, and the offensive line has taken a huge step backwards. It seems like every time we talk about a team performing less well than they, they did in the past or, or less well than we expect them to, it comes down to the offensive line and how those guys are not playing as well. But this year, those guys are taking a huge step back, especially when it comes to run blocking and it should realistically be about as easy to run block in Denver as it is anywhere because Manning is going to make sure that you're only running the ball more or less in the most beneficial situation. So yeah. you're not going to be asked to do too much and, and too kind of difficult assignments, and yet they're still struggling to get anything done. And that's that's why some of those running backs haven't been able to get too much on the ground. They play the Dolphins this weekend, and um, the Dolphins have kind of been a bit... Uh, they've been a bit up and down even within games and and yet you would give the Dolphins a very good chance of beating the Broncos this weekend. Yeah, and that, that defense is, certainly the defensive front for the Broncos, or for the Dolphins, sorry, is about as good as it gets in the NFL. So if you've got an, an offensive line that's struggling to get it done, that's not the, the week to, to to face the Dolphins. Can I put a theory out there? Go for it. Can I, I'm going to put a vision of the future out. The Dolphins win in mile high this week. That puts the Dolphins at seven and four. Yeah. That puts the Broncos at seven and four. Yeah. Let's say the Broncos have a successful few weeks to end the year. Let's say things go well with Pittsburgh and uh, with the Ravens or something. They ride pretty close. Let's say the Chiefs keep their thing going. Is there a world in which a reality here that the Broncos are not in the playoffs? Yeah. Let's say, like with no Julius Thomas. No Emmanuel Sanders. Wes Welker. Trying. Not Wes Welker anymore. No Wes Welker. I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering. I can't see that happening simply because they're, just, they're too talented. They're too good. They, we, I think we probably put their expectations too high entering the year. We thought they'd be the same offense that they were last year. Where they just ran through everyone with relative ease. The, last week's game was a lot about matchups. Like Sam said, the offensive line wasn't able to contain the Rams' defensive line. And that was probably the worst game I've seen Manning play in since his neck injury. Well, he had one or two when he initially came back, but since, since he returned to being really good, that was one of the worst games I've seen him play. Where he was under throwing short passes and missing intermediate throws, yeah. you just don't expect him to do. But he, he's missed a couple of. He was bad against the Raiders in that first quarter last week as well, and he was bad the previous week in in patches against the Pats. So that's kind of there's enough evidence there to suggest that maybe he's like regressing a little bit maybe I need to write a, a Manning this declining article see if I can break the internet again alright so we talked a little bit about um, the Chiefs there interesting stat that I think there's 9 or 10 maybe 8 wide receivers in the league who have more receiving yards than the entire Chiefs wide receiving core they've spent a lot of money on this right? You know, for a team if they had some wide receivers they'd be amazing right yeah, but it, it, it kind of looked that way on paper coming into the season. It was it was Dwayne Bowe and a bunch of nobody else. Yeah. And and with Alex Smith as your quarterback, Dwayne Bowe is not going to be at his most effective either. So you're kind of it, it was always inevitable, I think, that they weren't going to have any major success at wide receiver. All right, you, you would expect them to um, beat the Raiders this week and to keep the pressure up on the Broncos as well. Can um, I, uh, just one thing here. I would like 
to do a quarterback swap where Kaepernick is the quarterback of the Chiefs and Smith is the quarterback of the Niners again, just to see how those two talents, you know, like a reality show almost, <laughs> for like a week or two, just to kind of see what would happen. Because I, I still don't trust Kaepernick at all. Mm. Watching that the end of that Giants game, there's just something I, I'm not convinced. I, I don't know. I like the my premise last week. I, I'm standing by it. Smith, Which one? Smith over Kaepernick, even if he can't throw a touchdown to his own receiver. <laughs> Uh, it's getting harder and harder to make the case that um, Kaepernick is the right fit at the moment at San Francisco except I would suspect that the problems aren't Colin Kaepernick I think that the problems are institutional mm. I don't know at, management, at management level because last week they managed to well, so Eli had five interceptions um, and uh, only managed to score 10 points the Niners only managed 16 points is that just a game flow thing or are the Niners uh, who I think was statistically the second or third worst uh, red zone offense in the NFL. Are they just a bad attacking team at the moment, Sam? They are, but the week before that, they looked more like the old Niners. They were, mm. the, the game plan was right. It was running the ball. It was a lot of wham, power blocks, and it was Kaepernick kind of feeding off that and not being asked to do a whole lot, you know, just kind of get it done, which... It's it's like Donnie is saying, if you put Alex Smith there, it's actually the perfect Alex Smith kind of offense in that it's designed that the quarterback doesn't have to do too much. Yeah. And yet Kaepernick, it just doesn't hit enough of those passes where they're kind of set up to to feed off and be a, a decent um, situation for him. But at the same time, he still needs to make those passes. Otherwise, it, it screws up the entire flow of that drive and, and potentially ends the drive. They don't pick up easy first downs. No, and that's the thing. It's it, it's they they should be relatively simple passes to make, but between Kaepernick and you know at times this season his receivers haven't helped him out dropping the ball and stuff. They just haven't been able to click and get that to keep those drives sustained. I just don't remember the NFC Championship game last year where he was like he was running a lot, yeah, and it was like the most exciting thing you'd ever see, and it was unstoppable, yeah, until he's until the fourth quarter when he's throwing the ball to the Seahawks. But like you never see him do that. It was, it was it was only last season in the playoffs that yeah. they started doing that. Did they, they, same thing against Green Bay. Had like Maybe that was even the year yeah. before in the playoffs. No, 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 that was last year. Do they hold that? Do they hold those plays until the playoffs when well, they need them? It's a bit risky now because they're 6-4 and four and they're like lying as it stands third in the NFC West. Maybe they're, sorry, they're second. In, uh, I don't know. You would like to see a bit more of it. Well, it's amazing you to watch it and it seems very hard to stop. So, they, you, But I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. an injury thing and they don't want they, to risk it. They've certainly gone away from design runs, I think, with them. They, there's certainly You usually still see a couple of games where you know something breaks down quickly and he has to just bolt. And yeah. it's, it's ridiculous seeing him run with the ball. Yeah, and, prancing along, making 25 yards it's without crazy. breaking He's sweats. Just, yeah, and it's just so much faster than anybody else on defense trying to chase him down. There was one against the Giants where I think he rattled off like 25 yards straight up the middle. And it was just a gap that shouldn't have been there for yeah. most quarterbacks, but he was gone. Yeah. Um, but they, they do seem to have gone away from the designed runs and the, the read option stuff, which is, you know, I think it became too much of a gimmick, but there's still a space for it. You know, Somewhere. the Seahawks are able to get success with Wilson doing that, where they they kind of, they'll just feed Lynch the ball relentlessly on those read option things. And it it always looks like an option, but I'm not actually sure it is. Um, I just think he's always handing the ball off. But then eventually they'll see that a team is overplaying that and then Wilson will keep five of those in a game and he'll rattle off 100 yards. There's no reason the 49ers can't do that with Kaepernick. Yeah. Have they stopped trusting Frank Gore to be able to make those, even though he is making them every time they give him the ball? They seem to go away from Gore, certainly, and that that's crazy. He's still an extremely good running back and he's still by far the best running back for that particular offense. Yeah. He's perfect for what they need him to do. 
But yeah. like every week, we just talk about how disappointing the 49ers are, and they they're are still in they're it, still in it, and their schedule is pretty soft, other than the two Seattle games that are left. So, and yeah. I think they have Arizona again. But they're terrible at home. Like they've been very lucky so far that the new stadium hasn't worked out so often. They've got Washington this weekend at yeah. home. No, they're it's, they're set up for the playoffs. I, I, I we'll be talking about them for some more. I think. Uh, all right, let's um, look forward to some of the other stuff that's going to happen this weekend. Um, actually, we haven't mentioned Carolina yet. You were making the point to us off air that there is a statistical chance that the Panthers can make the playoffs with a 5-10-1 record. Not just make the playoffs, win the division with Sorry, a 5 10, and win one. the division. And it's not actually, if you look at the things that need to happen for that to happen, it's not ridiculous. Like It requires a lot of things happening that are actually relatively plausible. The Saints and the Falcons losing the rest of their games. I I mean, they, they can win one each. Yeah. I think everybody needs to see that. We, we need a 5-10-1 team to win a division uh, and host a playoff game. <laughs> it would definitely be the worst division in, in living memory, would it? I think ever. I think seven. Yeah. Well, yeah, unless you're going back into kind of where the league was way smaller and but I think seven and nine has hosted yeah. a game before. I think Seahawks, that's the, worst the beast mode game. Yeah. That, like they were, were they seven and nine? This I think is, so, yeah. they are, this team is terrible though. They're, this division is terrible. Yeah. How does a a team who can never lose at home suddenly lose to back to back? The Saints um, obviously have now done that uh, after winning sixteen, I think, in a row before that. Keen, what's the story there? Why are the Saints? Why are the Saints tanking? Well, the def- we, we all expected the defence to be good entering the year, and that hasn't worked out. Jairus Bird was the big free agent signing. He was terrible before he landed on IOR. Now his replacement is going on IOR as well, Rafa Bush. Um, the the defence is kind of, you, you point to Rob Ryan and you say, oh, Rob Ryan's messed everything up, but it seems like there's a lot has gone wrong on the defensive side. The bigger story for me is that Drew Brees isn't uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league anymore. His deep ball seems to have disappeared. He's making he's made a couple of terrible decisions at the end of games that would should have cost him games and did cost him a couple of games. And they they just they don't really have the talent to carry a quarterback who's not playing brilliantly because that was always the staple of their offense where Breeze would just be like a like an orchestrator where he would just make put everyone in the right positions to to excel and just the the offense would always just be brilliant. It just struck me. So five, ten, and one. If the Buccaneers win four games, mm. they could actually still make it. They're definitely the worst team that you'd ever say could have ever made the playoffs. If some results go their way, I don't know. I mean, would you say that they're worse than the Falcons? That entire division, <laughs> whoever wins that division, yeah. is going to didn't be the Falcons beat the Bucks fifty fifty two whatever? Yeah, you might have a point there actually. But the, I don't know. Didn't then did the did the Bucks beat them the last time? I don't know. I can't remember if. Yeah, you know, they the Falcons the, won. The what the Falcons? Do you know this guy Arthur Blank, the owner, who's always standing around on the sidelines? Kind of, he's he's always there, looking really disappointed in how things have <laughs> have have gone with the team. It's just, like he was there in London. He looked really pissed off. He he was there in Carolina last Sunday. You could he seemed like he thought they were going to blow. Lost that they, game. I mean, they, it was over. It was done. If Gano can hit a forty-six yard field goal. I don't know. The, it's a funny thing being an NFL owner. Would you like if if I was a billionaire? I don't know. Would I be standing on the sideline, on the sideline, watching these guys being like, you know, like within shouting distance of them, being telling them? Of course you would. That's how you got to be a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you want the sort of to be up in the stands in the corporate box so you could just get out of there and like eat your have your beer and eat your French fries? I, I don't. I guess you're paying for the luxury. To, like it is the best seat in the stadium. You, I guess, to stand on the sideline. I've always wondered why Jerry Jones doesn't like 
tint or mirror finish mm. the, the window of his box. Because the entire game is spent with a camera on Jerry Jones looking increasingly more frustrated. Maybe that's the, why he doesn't uh, tint or... Yeah, except it's not exactly a, you know, a flattering image of him just seething at the team doing something terrible again. Yeah. They're going okay. They're 7-3 uh, and three and the Eagles obviously have Mark Sanchez. Mark, I keep saying it. It's actually it's a mistake. Mark Sanchez uh, running... And looking scared after about two and a half minutes of last weekend's game. I don't know. Was that a function of playing a team who are as dominant and rolling over everybody like the Packers were? Or is Mark Sanchez bad at being a quarterback and, and the truth was the butt fumble? I think I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think he can be successful in that team. For whatever reason, the Eagles weren't up for that game at all. They I don't know if they it was that was a mental thing and they decided beforehand they weren't capable of beating the Packers if the Packers came out and started well. But they just didn't turn up. Even guys like Evan Mathis and, and Jason Peters, who are usually the kind of the dominant forces on that offensive line, had tough days and yeah. they didn't play particularly well. So part of me wants to just chalk that up to running into a, a juggernaut at the wrong time. So Sanchez gets a bit of a free pass for last week. Not a free pass, but it's there think, and it's in the memory. Yeah, but You're always going to have bad games with Sanchez. You know, he's never going to become Peyton Manning, but they don't need him to. As long as everybody else, you know, performs pretty well, he can get it done in that offense. You get the sense of the Eagles as like a decent team who are better, you know, they can beat crap teams, but when the pressure's on against the elite there, as long as Sanchez is there anyway, and I, I don't think it's much different with Foles, you know, they're on the outside looking in. But yeah. I think the thing this year is that there's basically, at the moment, there looks to be only two elite teams, and there's like half a dozen more teams who are okay, can beat up bad teams, but all those teams need is to be able to get hot at just the right time, and they can they can at least get to the conference title games, and at that stage, it's one game against the elite, so, you know, You've got to hope you can manage that somehow. Game. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things we should definitely talk about, uh, and that is the return of Josh Gordon this week after uh, a long period, which obviously a lot of people have um, said a lot of things about. But how quickly can Josh Gordon become Josh Gordon again? Is it, I mean, somebody was pointing out that after his two game suspension last year, he came back with, I think, a touchdown, 150 yards, and 10 receptions or 140 something. Um, Ken, is it possible that a 10 game suspension? He's capable of coming back and playing at that level, or is he not going to be Josh Gordon this season? Well, it's one of the more interesting storylines for the second half of the year because of what he did last year. I don't think the time off will affect him hugely because he's not really the type of receiver who's running specific timing routes and looking to get the ball in every area of the field. He's more of just like like Randy Moss was years ago, where he's just an athletic freak and he just has to run to a certain point and you just have to ball and put the ball in a certain area and let him go and uh, try and win it. I think you can do that pretty quickly without spending too much time practicing or spending too much time within the offense. I think it's going to be interesting. Or the, the most interesting thing for me is going to be him in this offense because in this offense, they, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who's the offensive coordinator of the Browns, he, kind of seem, he seems to kind of use his main option uh, to, to draw the defense's attention and then throw it to like a backup tight end or a different receiver if he's trying to create big plays. And big plays is kind of what you expect from Gordon. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it, to be honest, in the way it's going to play out. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen here? I, I think Gordon isn't going to be the, the limiting factor. It's going to be whether Brian Hoyer can make enough of those accurate passes to actually give him the ball in space. The, the, the whole offense, like Keem was saying, is fantastically designed to give these guys... Um, one-on-one plays that big deep play action passes where everybody's sucked up on the run 
and there'll be a guy running across the middle of the field and all Hoyer has to do is get him the ball and it's a big play. Um, now, last week, he tried a couple of those and they were well covered and it, it, the passes should have been picked off. But all this season, he's had ridiculous success on deep passes despite throwing the ball pretty terribly because they're just that wide open. It's just, you know, the play is already beating the defense. Yeah. All he has to do is get it vaguely near the receiver and it's a big play. Gordon can turn those kind of plays into touchdowns, into huge, you know, lengthy, massive game breakers. But if Hoyer can't get him the ball, it's not going to make a difference. Somebody else might be able to get him the ball, though. Uh, maybe. Well, that's... that's <laughs> Come on. That's, that's too much to even Come on. Let's think about it. The whole, of, the whole no. world wants to see what's no. going to happen. That's, they that's lost like, the game last weekend. Yeah. And, you know, give give Hoyer five minutes, maybe bench him six minutes in. If The clock is ticking, but listen, I just <laughs> want to say this. Josh Gordon spent his suspension time not only working out, but selling used cars. Yeah. So whatever happens with the rest of his career, he now has a, a fallback option. He's learned what it's like to be out there in the real world, making phone calls, trying to sell stuff to people. You don't really want it. They don't really want it. They're just kind of curious what's available. Yeah. It's been a lot of adversity for Josh Gordon in the last year, but I think I cannot see how he cannot have come out of it much as a much better human being with more more knowledgeable. Yeah, but Johnny Football is going to take him to a party and it's all going to go wrong. Oh. You know what's going to happen. <sighs> okay. <Right. laughs> Hoyer's not great, right? Everybody no, agrees. well, certainly I mean, last week he was terrible. The, the weeks before he's been okay. They don't need him to be great. They just need him to not be awful like he was last week. If they can get him to just play okay, they're fine. Because um, the rest of that roster is actually pretty good. I am kind of obviously... There's been no signs, the words, the usual whispers about, oh, he's gone great in training. That hasn't happened. There's been no hype about Johnny Football. Because they're still winning games. I mean, you know, they, they lost last week, but they're, you know, they, they were leading the division going into that game. So as long as they're in the playoff hunt, and I don't see them kind of clamoring to get rid of Hoyer. I think if they lose, you know, two or three on the bounce and they drop right off that. What if, then... Johnny, what if Johnny Football is actually as good as all the bullshit's hype? Like what? Well, he certainly didn't look at no. the time he's played so far. I think had he been ridiculous, you know, in the the limited time we've seen him, maybe. But what if he's been... what if he's even worse than he was in the preseason? <laughs> That's also a possibility. Kim, what's your take? Uh, Hoyer Hoyer's interesting to me because anytime you discuss him with, with most people, anyway, the the only response they have to say he's good is the record, and like they're only what, one game over five hundred. So if they had lost two games and they easily could have just close games that they would have lost then you're probably probably most people are calling for Hoyer to be replaced. I do think if they had a better option as a backup, and not that's not to say Manziel's not a good option, but he doesn't he didn't look ready at all in the preseason. If they had a better option, they would probably have moved on by now. Okay, maybe that's the, the most damning uh, indictment of the situation so far. We haven't really talked about the AFC North, the Bengals this week up against uh, JJ Watt on both sides of the ball. It turns out they've just decided they, they have this thing, they're going to use him. Um, I, maybe it's just very creative coaching from Bill O'Brien and it's to be welcomed when you when you can use JJ as a pass catcher the guy's huge why would you not throw him the ball in the fade and see what happens it's, it works he was a tight end too in college at one point just on the Bengals Sam I saw something you tweeted or retweeted a, a sort of a graph of uh, a Dalton Coaster yeah what the hell it actually is true it doesn't make any sense though yeah, well, it, it, that's the thing is Andy Dalton's career is it's been average, but it's never been average in one game. It's always gone lurch from extremely good to extremely bad and back again. And it's never been more than a couple of games between either extreme. So 
I just made the point before last week that we've had too much bad Dalton in a row. We're due a good game. Yeah, and we were. There we got it. Yeah, unfortunately he was on my bench in fantasy, which we're <laughs> going to talk about next. Uh, Sam, thanks very much. At PFF underscore Sam for Sam Monson at AF on Twitter for the two lads. Donnie's going to stay with us. Mick will be with us in just a moment. Thanks, lads. Thanks. There's lads. All right, part two. Um, if you ever want to tweet us, by the way, you can tweet us at Off the Ball. Mick McCarthy's joined us at McCarthy Mick on Twitter. Yeah, that's a- the one. Angry, angry producer Mick. Sorry, how are you doing? Correct. Uh, it's a very enthusiastic intro you gave the second part of the shoulder. Who I beat down this <gasps> week. No, beat down. That's more enthusiastic. Like a that's bastard child. It. You didn't even need Jonas Gray's fifty points. <laughs> bastard child. Redheaded stepchild. Redheaded stepchild. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Jonas Gray on my bench with his forty points. Uh, I, I, God, I was whooped. Julius Thomas, 0.3 mm. points for me. Uh, Flea Flicker is vastly superior to ESPN, by the way. A debate we can come back to again. Because they give you the points. The decimals. Yeah. That is true. ESPN, they like they think ties should happen. I, I don't believe in that. Um. So, yeah, I, I didn't actually do anything good with my team. Just some players scored some points on a fairly consistent basis. You had basis. Brandon Marshall and you had Raleigh White. Your receivers kind of killed me. I had nobody this week. It was a terrible, 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 terrible week. That is why, fantasy. Mick, you will be relegated. I know. It's uh, sad to see you go. Well, it's a lot. It's a, it's a few weeks to go yet, Donny. You're, you're no games ahead of me, I believe. Are you? Uh, are you one? I think we have. To, we're on this. I'm five and six now. You're on four and four seven. And seven okay. So I have I have a game on you, and I actually have a, the tiebreaker because I beat you. So oh, you wouldn't. You won't be relegated. <laughs> so sure. I uh, I looked at um, I didn't even know you could do this, but you could check your relative points and all that kind of all the deeper big data mm-hmm. on the, how you're doing the season. I uh, have the third most available points, and I'm like the third worst point scorer. So uh, I'm the least successful coach in terms of picking the players who're going to uh, score points. Whose fault is that? I, I would blame. Jonas Gray I know. and, and <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> both of whom put up 40 points on my bench two weeks in a row. Every time I've picked Roethlisberger, he's had a stinker of a game. I have Sanchez and Tannehill on my bench. Both of them killed uh, Ben this week in terms of scores. In the league, which we're supposed to talk about on this show, um, James O'Connor <laughs> annihilated me. Um, yeah. well, he's, James, he's on form. He's, he's left his run a little bit late, has he, to get into the playoffs? But. Well, he, he started terribly. And he cleaned up the waiver wire. Seven, I think. Yeah, now he's... That, it's, the, it's a really good strategy, especially in a dynasty-type league where you just are crap for a while and then you kind of restock. Um, now he's... I, I was on the receiving end of a whooping from him a few weeks ago as well, so... Picked up Larry Donnell, Bryce Brown, Brandon LaFell, CJ Anderson. They're all players that he, he didn't mm. start the season with. Um, and I think he's got loads more on the bench too, which I haven't got there for me, but... I don't think I made it over 50 points again. This what the is, hell I, happened Bobby Rainey? What the hell happened to him? I think I told you about him. It wasn't going to happen for him this year. It happened like two games ago. He was great. I had him that week in a different league. Look, Tampa Bay are weird. They haven't a clue what to do with their running backs. Also, Julio Jones. Will you stop just giving out about players all the time? You won in the league. You have Julio Jones in well. I don't. I have him in the league. I have him in both leagues. Everybody has players that do badly all the time. Julio Jones is supposed to be coming on moaning about it all the time. Stratospheric, transcendent talent. Can I just talk about? How great fantasy is! He's with Matt Ryan as his quarterback. Fantasy. He's very good. He's not. Matt Ryan's excellent. I play outdoors. Fantasy about it before. Fantasy is so much better than real sports because so, like the Packers and the Eagles game, right? Fifty three twenty. Yeah, I had Matthews and Macklin starting, and Sanchez was terrible. 
I mean, a horrible game. The game was over. Like, after that punt return, it was like, okay, this is over. There's no point in watching this anymore. Get on with your life. Do other things. Except for fantasy reasons. Except yeah. for, so, and I'm, you know, I was in a tight game. This other guy had Philip Rivers and all this kind of stuff. So I'm kind of worrying what's going to happen. The game was relevant up to the very last second of the of the of the whole thing because uh, the garbage time happens. The Packers defense kind of take the foot off the pedal. Sanchez kind of gets a bit of mojo going. Matthews turns out is like his best friend. They have some yeah. sort of psychic connection. Well, Macklin, they were on the subs bench for a long time together. Yeah, yeah. Macklin gets his thing going. They both get touchdowns. The week I win the week, and like most other football fans are home, yeah. home doing yeah. other things, yeah. watching love hate. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> Doing this other stuff, and it's great. It's so, and it's it's as exciting as when your team, whoever they are, win some stupid game. Yeah. That game in particular, it's funny you should say that because I was I lost in the league. I just declared myself indestructible in. Uh, I was whooped you? by Billy Joe, and uh, but it wasn't dead going into Sunday afternoon. And I had like Cody Parkey playing the kick, the Eagles kicker. And he had um, Mike Evans. No, he had, no, he had Mike Evans against me. That was early, so it was sort of nearly over. But uh, I, I still had Levy and Bell. Obviously, like if 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 Levy and Bell, if if Edelman and T. Y. Hilton in any way complimented him, I would have had the biggest comeback in history. But I still ended up losing by about fifteen, I think. But uh, it wasn't over in the late afternoons. So I had Parky, and what killed me was that neither Macklin nor McCoy were doing anything uh. while it was a game, and then. It's yeah. not a game anymore. The Packers have seconds out there, and it doesn't matter. But they're they're absolutely piling on the fancy points. While while in under no circumstances are the Eagles ever going to kick a field goal, no. because they're losing by yeah. forty points. So it's just it is as you said, like it goes against you as it goes for you. But sure. it does. It keeps you interested. It keeps you angry. It keeps you. I I got a combined nine points from. Uh, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Bobby Rainey, the Browns defense and special teams, and Billy Cundiff last mm. week. A combined nine Ooh, points. You went all out in the Browns. I, th- I'm, I think they'd, I had... They'd done me really well the previous two weeks. I had 48 points, and I had, I think, 16 from Matt Ryan and 17 from Kelvin Benjamin. So 15 <laughs> from the other nine or eight yeah. or whatever. So You're like, falling apart in that league, like absolutely falling apart. Can, I just, can I just say... Kind of grim you out. M- Monte Ball. Ah. Oh. Made his return last week <laughs> for about two minutes. It would be remiss of me not to mention this because we've spoken about him a few weeks now. My first round draft pick, his big return, right? You know what? Hillman was out, so the stage was set. He might for even him. start. Everybody thought he's going to start. I missed the first hour or two of NFL on Sunday, but um, by the time I came back, he was gone again. <laughs> Same injury. Yeah, so more serious this time, I think, and they're going to have to. They might have to operate. Might be dropping him. Next year, looking good. No, it's not. He's not a good running back. He's not a good running back. But here, hold on, though. One of the reasons why I'm so bad in this league is that, you know, we all brought two keepers into it from our league last year. One of mine makes his 2014 debut this week, Josh Gordon. Ah, he's your keeper in that league. Yeah. Ah, so you're not completely tough. This was the league that Donny tried to keep three keepers in until yeah. we noticed halfway through the draft. Oh, he himself tried to keep uh, as the, as the he listed three out in the email to everybody. <laughs> Nobody noticed until we were like in the draft. Well, that was the other league, wasn't it? No. Uh, um, Austin Ferry and Jenkins weekly uh, update. Dropped, dropped again. Dropped and then picked, picked up by immediately Mossy, by Mossy think, Quinn. Yeah. yeah. So this is where he. I thought about it. I needed a tight end because I've been keeping Dwayne Allen scoring a touchdown every single week. He's been on my bench all year, much like your old friend Austin Safari and Jenkins. 
uh, when you had Gronk. So uh, Greg Olson's on by this week. I'm like, Dwayne, come on. Oh, he's heavily questionable, yeah. questionable after going out in the first quarter against the Patriots. Um, so I had to pick up Mercedes Lewis, who's back oh, off IR with the Jags. So look, I can make a call on that on Sunday. They're playing the same game against each other, but yeah, not good. I like so. I did have a quick look at your old boy. Yeah, ASJ. He's gonna be good. I'm telling you, Mossy's got Mossy's got himself a diamond in the rough right there, and the the books are on that run to the playoffs as we were talking about a little bit earlier. Right, mix picks. Um, Last week I managed to get two rights. You did? This, this, first, is it? The stinking Broncos let me down? No, they didn't. The stinking Saints. Saints let you down even more stinking. Yeah. They're, stinking they're Broncos let Donnie down. Bad football team. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, they're like I mean, it is officially time to give up on them. I was looking at them against Baltimore this week and I just, like, you can't really bet against them at home, but I'm not going, I'm not going for them either. Yeah, so you had uh, you had Green Bay, and so did I, Jer, and that was pretty much over after about four seconds, so that was kind of satisfying. Uh, minus 5.5 against the Philadelphia Eagles. You had the Saints, which lost. You also had the Patriots, which wasn't much of a contest either. No, it was a good um, Yeah, so well done on them. I, I had two really big wins as well. I had Tampa plus 7.5, and they won by 20. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh And obviously the Green Bay as well. And then the Steelers robbed me on Monday night for my first 3-0. One by three, I had the minus 5.5. Uh, they did come from behind, though, so it wasn't as heartbreaking. And also, I wasn't watching it, so that takes away the pain as well. Donnie had a stinker, but was... Uh, well, not you, you, you were bailed out by the Cardinals. Not a, Gil, not a Gilroy-esque stinker, but, I mean, it wasn't as good as some of my other weeks. You, you, your picks of Denver minus nine and Cleveland minus three weren't close, I would say, rather than it just being a generic one and two. Oh, okay. And then Arizona came to the rescue. Uh, early on, it looked bad for you, but then you got like said so it was an afternoon uh, win. Yeah, I mean the the, the cards are at fourteen nil there. I was oh, I was but only, it, sorry. I mean that was in the late games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I started. I it, I needed a win there once the once the late kickoff started, and luckily Bruce Arians did not let me down. And I'm going to say this: he's not going to let me down this week. I'm going back. You're to the well. jumping in to try and go first again. I notice. Yeah, every yeah. week's the same. Trying to hold on to his lead. Well, go for it. I'm Sorry, the standings before you do though is that you're thirteen, sixteen, and one, uh, leading. I'm twelve, seventeen, and one, second. Jer's eight, twenty-one, and one, last. It's nice to see that Jer hasn't just completely accepted his fate as a um, as a uh, Gatorade bath. I'm not going to do it. Suffer. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you just know you, I'm not going to do it. You're on national podcasts radio. Yeah. You just know I'm going to make promises. Out of it. I'm now officially pussying out of it. The bet is a sandwich, I've decided. It's a sandwich. What? You're going to pour I, I a sandwich to, I have you? to eat a sandwich. For the Super Bowl? Eat a sandwich. Come on. <laughs> Get on with it. You're not. You're getting the Gatorade bath, sorry. Oh, Look, you can still come back. I don't you're endorse, four games I don't endorse those me. sugary drinks. I'm with Donald O'Shea in this. So, as I said, I'm going with our You don't have to drink it. There's only 6.5 over Seattle. This is, what, this is the craziest line I've ever seen. You've got the 9-1 Cardinals against the lowly beaten down, yeah. falling apart uh, Seahawks. And you were given only nearly a touchdown to the, to the champs. I can't understand it. I can't understand it as well. I'm taking them. And I'll tell you another thing. How are Seattle going to score in this game? Uh, beast mode, four touchdowns just two weeks ago. But Arizona's run defense, you know, you would think would at least contain them. We didn't talk about it on the uh, in the earlier part of that. We should have zero rushing touchdowns all season given away by the Kansas City Chiefs. It's amazing. That's, that's insane. That's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, like, it's not like they didn't keep trying. The, I, it's unbelievable. 
Really? You had Wilson and Lynch both going at yeah. it last week, yeah. That's insane. I think, though, that, like, other than Lynch and Wilson on the ground, where I don't think they'll get too much, like, they, you know, they might get something out of it, but I don't think they're going to run amok. They're not going to get 200 yards or 250 yards between the two of them. They have no receivers, and they're up against, like, such a brilliant secondary in... With with Peterson obviously leading it, but like everybody else, like the Honey Badgers back running the muck again. Great to see. Arizona are a great team to watch, aren't they? How many Honey Badgers are there? Two. Well, there's that guy, Matthew. Yeah. And then the who's the rugby, other one? And the rugby guy. Is, there's no GA one, is there? No, we could pick one, though. We, we can anoint one. Develop a Honey Badger. Maybe if you can tweet us that off the ball. Okay. With some who would be the appropriate. We need to characterize it, though. Like uh, If there was an off the ball member who was the Honey Badger. I don't know. Okay. Who are you thinking? I don't because I don't even know really what the honey badger is or Me. means. I have no idea. <laughs> well, well Wooly's going to have long hair again soon, so maybe that this is the worst conversation ever. Okay, uh, so I've got uh, Green Bay traveling to Minnesota, given nine or they're up nine and a half on that. I don't. Re- I think that's a lot, maybe a point and a half too many. But uh, and I'm going to ride the Aaron Rodgers train until it uh, reaches have, its uh, destination. I have these two as well. I'm going to have to change well, now because there's no point. See, see what happens when Donny goes first, takes over, cheats. takes over. Uh, and you may have seen the photos from uh, Northern Upstate New Aye. York. Are you going with the Jets? I'm going for the Buffalo Bills. Minus four. Minus four in the in the in the the remnants of. Uh, Buffalo destroyed by snow. Did That'll be see, a six-three game. Though. Did you see this? How they were paying fans of Buffalo Bills fans. You were they were paying them ten dollars an hour plus tickets for the game. You come clear to, to shovel the snow, right? That's fair enough. That's not fair enough. Zero games cancelled due to weather in NFL history. I yeah, think. I mean, if the games weren't cancelled after nine eleven, there's no way they're being cancelled because uh, of a bit of snow. In that Detroit-Philadelphia game last year was unbelievable. Oh, that was, like, that's not even sport. That was the greatest week, the greatest <laughs> weekend of NFL I've ever seen, or the greatest day of NFL. That's, those snow games were insane. Nothing made sense. Everything was crazy. That's my picks. Well, you took the Packers, and I'm just looking at my picks here. I have nine of the games written down that I was thinking about, and I didn't even put that one down. Okay. That's a that's a lot of points. Cleveland Browns at Atlanta Falcons plus three and a half. Cleveland Browns. Josh Gordon coming back, going to score a touchdown. Okay. Atlanta not very good. Atlanta at home though. No, still not very good. Okay. Mm, to the top of their division. Uh, Cleveland went from first to last by losing one game last week. Just for the record, I did have the Packers minus nine and a half and the Cardinals plus six and a half, and I'm not going to do it because I'm coming from behind. The uh, Dallas Cowboys minus three at the New York Giants. That's easy money. Go on. Yeah. And the Baltimore Ravens plus three at the Nolan Saints. Mm, okay. Three away teams. I wouldn't be going for that, but I kind of can see why, as we mentioned before. I'm going to take Arizona, as I mentioned. I'm going to take Dallas minus three at the Giants. Dallas Giants games are normally weird, but you just think they're like a lot better than three points better team than them this they year, are, aren't yeah. they? The Even with Jennings win. back, like, but Ruben Randall's playing well. I expect him to go for over hundred yards and maybe get in the end zone, even though he never does. Eli five to, five. They weren't all his fault. Do you know what? The most Borland, of them were. But that what game it? was six points in it. Are you like worried as a Niners fan that they could not do anything against the Giants? Yes, with constant turnovers. Yes, unbelievable. Yeah. What is wrong with San Francisco? Uh, you know, it's a nice place to live. They've, they've all invested <laughs> in tech stocks. They're rich. Uh, my fourth, my third one then was Buffalo minus four. I'm 
really drawn to St. Louis plus 4.5 against the Chargers. Do you not think the Jets have got stuff right? No. I, mean, I, have, the, I have the Jets plus four circle as well, but um, mm, we, I think the Jets have a good, particularly in the weather. And now Kyle Orton scored four touchdowns against them the last time he played. Yeah, they hammered them by 20 points or something. And now, now they're at home. Yeah, well... You're our, telling me yeah. things have changed that much in three weeks? The Jets prefer playing away from home because their home crowd hate them so much. Mm. Do you know what? I'm changing. I'm going to go for the Rams. I like this Rams team. They Sean Hill is an upgrade at quarterback. They easily beat Denver last week. And they've got a good team going on. Trey Mason, my boy, hey, looked pretty good. Um, I l- like their defense. Chargers don't look themselves. Because that was the only game on for about half an hour last Sunday it was the 9-5 game I watched like the entire first quarter of that game and god both against Oakland both teams were awful anybody heard of NFL2go.com no what's that so you get one NFL. free game you get one free game every week mm-hmm. and uh, for $18 you get to pick all the games um, and it's in HD worth checking out interesting the whole point of her game pass is that we're blacked out for the entire playoffs, so it's kind of mm. pointless you can at this stage of the season. Obviously pick the game that you want to watch. Yeah, you get one free game. If you get there, you need to get, there's a limited number of them, so you need to get there fast. If I had Sky, if I had Sky instead of UBC, there's no way I'd get Game Pass because I basically only watch Red Zone. Red Zone. Yeah, I and then the, the late games or whatever, it's great being able to watch them the day after, but sure, I could DVR them. I can only watch Red Zone. I don't, like, I don't know what... It's too slow for me. <laughs> Real games. Well, the Patriots uh, Colts actually, I watched. Um, like they, I watched it like at nine o'clock in the morning, and the ads were already cut out and everything. It was great. It on took game two hours. Great, yeah. yeah. Can I talk about my Christmas plans before we go? Yeah. I'm flying home on the twentieth of December, twenty-first of December, East Rutherford, New Jersey. New York Jets hosting the New England Patriots. No way! Yeah. Wow, nice one. So. How many tickets have you got? Uh, I'm looking for four if anybody has any. I, I'm assuming... Oh, be, you haven't got them yet? Nah, there'll be a dime a dozen. They'll be going the Jets fans in December when the weather is bad. I mean, no one will be at that game. It'll be great. And are you going to go... Like, will is there home ends, away ends, or is no. it like the GEA kind of... Everybody fits in together. The last time I was at a, I was at a Jets-Patriots game, t- same time two years ago, there was, Mark Sanchez was still in charge. And basically, I sat behind a Jets fan who the whole game... Actually, sorry, this is a Jets-Giants game. The whole time, this guy kept shouting out, accusing him of sexual relations with somebody that he knew for the whole game, shouting it over and over again. It was annoying. <laughs> good, <laughs> good story, Danny. <laughs> good story. It probably has to be cut out in fairness. but No, no, no. It's fine. The, the, the third version that we got to there, the first two you might not ever hear, uh, podcast listener, but the third version. <laughs> first two, for libel reasons. <laughs> Very, very good libel reasons. Yeah. One, one, one of the times I'm actually a fan of the libel laws. I hope uh, that this is one of those podcasts where the edit actually happens as opposed to, yeah, we just cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> Which you've been hearing a lot recently. That should be a game. Is that week 16? I don't know. I just I just wonder if uh, the Pats might have number one seed sewn up by then. Yeah, Garoppolo time. Mm, depends. Denver. If Denver keep winning, they won't. So. Oh, yeah, Garoppolo time. I should sign him up now for my playoff final. Uh <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. All right. Thanks very much for listening and downloading this podcast. Uh, share it with your friends. Tell everybody you love it. Vote for it on iTunes if it, that even is a thing anymore. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. Good luck. Hold up. 